this might be the most bizarre series title that we've ever had, in, uh, at least since I've been here at, uh, at Westridge. Blood. 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 So, man, this is going to be fun, all right? And some of you guys, you see that on the screen and immediately you're like, you're like, man, this is cool. I'm cool with blood. I like blood. It's Halloween, right? This is some of your guys' favorite time of the year. You've already hit up Party City. You've seen the bloody masks. You've seen the bloody fake knives. You've been shopping. You've got your whole outside of your house decorated with blood and gore. And the scary movies are out for some of you. So the, the bloodier, the better, maybe in some cases, if that's how you view that. And um, maybe even from like a, a better sense, like you feel a little bit good about yourself. Maybe you've given blood, right? Maybe you've even multiple times, maybe you've donated blood because you, uh, you want to do something good for somebody else. And you look at that as a great opportunity. So some of us are cool with blood. Some of us aren't. Some of us are already getting a little queasy. Our stomach's starting to turn a little bit. Like we don't like the Halloween decorations. We could do without out all that. We don't want to have anything to do with blood. Like we're starting to, we might pass out. We don't give blood because we don't want to pass out like this girl is about to do in about two seconds. Good night. See you tomorrow. So maybe that's happened to you or maybe you just want to prevent that from happening to you. And so you, you got a queasy stomach. You don't want anything to do with blood. And so you're already a little bit nervous. How many of that would, how many of you would, that would describe? That's you. You're, you don't like blood. You don't like giving blood. You don't like other people's blood. You don't like your own blood. All right. So there's some of you that way and that's cool. And let me just kind of warn you if that's the way that you are, um, with a series title like blood, we're going to talk a lot about blood. And so not to make you uncomfortable, or because we don't want you to come back for a few weeks. But, um, but it really is because we want all of us to understand the importance and the significance of blood. So when you think about the human body, all right, we're going to go to biology class a little bit. Human body's got 10 pints of blood in it. How many of you guys knew that? You're smart high schoolers. Got 10 pints of blood in it or about a gallon and a half, right? So to put that in perspective... Here you go, right here. So this is, this, is, this is the amount of blood that all of us have in our bodies. All right? There was a guy named Earl that was backstage. He was sleeping, so we took this out of him. We'll get it back before he wakes up. He'll be fine. So this, is, this represents the amount of blood in the human body. All right? Gallon and a half. Now, the amazing thing about the human body is this is the exact amount that you need to survive. So if you, take, if you take a pint of blood out, which is about the amount that you would donate if you were going to donate blood, then you would be all right for the most part. So you could live without a pint of blood. Now, if you took two pints of blood out, then your body's going to start going into shock. If you take out five or six pints of blood or about half of the amount of blood that you have in your body, then you're, you're probably dead. All right. So this would make quite a mess if it spilled all over the, the stage, all over the floor. But this represents how much blood you've got in your body. All right. So blood is a big deal. Blood gives life. You think about when it comes to the human body, that blood is necessary for us to survive. We have to have blood to have life. But blood actually delivers and carries the things that we need for life 
throughout our body. So things like nutrients and oxygen and amino acids and all these other kind of things that I don't really know what they do, but they're important, right? And we need them to survive and they're good things. And the blood actually carries those things throughout our body so that we can have life. So it brings those things throughout our body so that we can have life. And it removes the things out of our body. It carries them out. Those things, those impurities and other things that lead to death. So in other words, I don't know any simpler way to say it than this. Blood brings life and it removes death. Blood brings life and it removes death. Now, when it comes to the Bible, the same is true. And as you look at the Bible, depending on what translation you use, there may may be anywhere from around 300 to 400 verses or mentions of Bible or mentions of blood in the Bible. All right, three or 400. And so you've got stories like Cain and Abel, you know, the very beginning to Abraham and Isaac, you've got Joseph, you've got David, you've got all these stories where, where blood is involved. That blood from beginning to end of the Bible, blood is a central theme. And as we read from beginning to end, it all leads us, every single instance leads us ultimately to one place. And it's that one place or that one person to be exact that brings spiritual life to us and removes spiritual death. Now, as we're talking this over the course of this series, there's several things we're going to mention about just the, the importance of blood and, and how it applies to us. And so here's the thing I want you guys to understand tonight. This first thing of why blood is such a big deal, why we're doing this series. Here it is. Blood gives us forgiveness for our sins. Blood gives us forgiveness for our sins. Now, that might seem a little bit weird to some of us. We're thinking about all the mentions of blood in the Bible. You know, maybe it's your first time here. Like, is this like a cult or something? We're going to start like drinking each other's blood. What's happening here? Now we're talking about blood being forgiveness of sin. What is the deal? All right. And I promise you, nobody's drinking anybody's blood tonight. All right. So just relax. Just chill out. So blood brings and gives forgiveness for our sin. So if you take it back from the very beginning, when God created the world and God created human beings, as we just talked about, God created blood as a life-giving agent to our body, to where you and I could not survive without blood. It gives life to us. And there's other things like oxygen and stuff that we need in order to survive, but blood is a life-giving object. It is something that we need. It gives us life. And that's the way that God designed our bodies from the very beginning. So then as you continue to read and God looks at the world and he says, it's good. And then Adam and Eve show up, God creates them and they turn their back on God and they reject God. And as a result of their decision, sin enters into the picture. And it is the stain of sin that has just disrupted humankind ever since. And for every person that's ever been born from Adam and Eve, all of us, every person that is born, the stain of sin is on us. And so just as physically God gave blood to give lives to our bodies, 
God looked at this situation and how sin had severed that relationship and how sin had messed things up. And God decided to use blood as a way to bring about forgiveness for those sins. To cover the, the sin and the guilt and the shame that came with it. In fact, in Hebrews 9.22, it says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So in order for there to be forgiveness of the sin that is in all of us, blood has to be shed. Blood allows life to happen spiritually. It brings about spiritual life. And so this started out in the Old Testament. So here's what happened. Adam and Eve sinned. There's sin on humankind. God looks at it and now he's just frustrated. And so here's what he does. He says, all right, for my people, Israel, you've got sin. There's stuff that separates you from me. So here's what we're going to do. And so he establishes a system where they would go and they would sacrifice the blood of animals. And it, it was that blood of animals that would temporarily offer forgiveness for the people's sins. It would offer a temporary solution. And next week, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But it was only temporary. And so in order for a permanent solution to take place, in order for you and I to to be able to have permanent forgiveness for the sin in our life, we needed a certain blood type. Now, I don't know if, if you guys have maybe another biology fact here. All right. But all of us fall into four categories in terms of blood types. So there's type O, there's type A, there's type B, and there's type AB. So all of us fall into one of those four types. And if you're going to donate blood, anybody in in those four types of blood could, could donate blood. All right. Now, there may be other things that prevent you from being able to donate blood. But just because you're in any of those categories, people could donate blood if, if that's the blood type that they have. However, not everybody, if you're going to receive blood, if you need a blood transfusion, if you're going to receive blood from somebody else, then depending on what blood type you are, you can't just automatically get blood from anybody. That based on your blood type, you need a certain blood type in order for that blood to be accepted into your body to be able to bring life to your body. Because if you, if you infuse your body with the wrong blood type, then your body will actually reject it. In order for you and I to have a permanent solution to our forgiveness or to our sin, in order for us to have permanent forgiveness, we needed a certain blood type. And the animal blood that was set up as a temporary thing in the Old Testament was no longer sufficient. There's no way that that, that, that blood could, could do anything permanently to fix it. In fact, there's, there's no human blood that was sufficient. No matter where you look, no matter any human that lived in, in human history, could their blood cover permanently the sin that was in our life? There was a very specific blood type that was necessary. And the blood type that was necessary had to be perfect. It had to be perfect blood. And so as you 
read the Old Testament, you understand that this temporary system that God had set up was not going to solve things long term. And so God understood that. God was in control of all of that. In fact, God, even before sin entered the picture, God knew that this moment was going to come. And so God did something permanent about our sin. And so as you read the New Testament, Jesus enters the picture. And Jesus was that perfect blood type that you and I needed in order to have the permanent forgiveness for our sin. In order for you and I to be cleansed once and for all. Listen to what Ephesians 1 verse 7 says. Paul says, God is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and he forgave our sins. See, for you and I, it it wasn't our goodness, it wasn't our effort that purchased our freedom. It wasn't about us trying to, to be good enough or doing something to earn God's forgiveness. God was so rich in kindness. God was so rich in mercy. God looked at the situation that all of us fell under. And because of his love for us, he knew the only thing that would solve it permanently was the perfect blood of his son. That without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And in order for there to be permanent forgiveness, Jesus had to come and shed his blood. And as a result of Jesus coming and entering the scene, you and I have the opportunity to have permanent forgiveness, to have life and freedom. Something innocent had to die in order for something guilty to live. Jesus, who was innocent, was made guilty so that we who were guilty could be made innocent. Now I want you to just think about the weight of that for just a minute. It was Jesus who was innocent that was made guilty on our behalf so that we who were guilty could be made innocent. It is God who stepped into our mess and our sin and loved us enough that he decided to do something permanently about about it and it cost him his son. But Jesus loved us enough that he was willing to take that on. And Jesus loved us enough that he was willing to come and to give up his life so that you and I could have forgiveness. Here's what Colossians 1 says. Starting in verse 20 says, it says, And through Jesus Christ reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. And this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and your actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought us into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's what Jesus did for us. 
That's what God did when he looked at our sin and he looked at our guilt and he looked at all of the crap that's in our life. And Jesus stepped into our mess and Jesus took on our guilt and our sin and our shame. So that not only could, be, could we be forgiven, but then so with us having a relationship with God, God could look at us and no longer see guilt, but rather see innocence. That the blood of Jesus covers our sin and Jesus sees, or God sees that perfect blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And he looks at us and he sees holiness. We are holy and blameless without fault in his eyes. That's what Jesus does for us. Now, maybe there are some of us, maybe you sit in the room tonight and and you constantly feel weighed down by guilt and shame. Maybe you think about the mistakes in your past. Maybe you think about some of the places that you've gone or some of the things that you've done. Maybe you always feel like no matter what, you're just, you're running and you're trying to to earn acceptance from people. And it doesn't matter how hard you try or how much you do. It never seems like you've ever, ever accepted or earned that acceptance from people. And you think about the things that you've done and you think about the weight of that and you are just constantly on a day-to-day basis weighed down by guilt and shame. And maybe you've got people in your life that are constantly reminding you of your past. And as you look at that and you think about your ability to be forgiven and you kind of look at, at God that way and you say, well, God must just be like everybody else. And God may just look at me and he sees, sees the guilt and shame and I could never possibly earn any kind of acceptance or forgiveness from God. And the great news for all of us tonight is that we no longer have to be weighed down by that guilt and that shame. That Jesus once for all offers you permanent and total forgiveness where you are free and you are, there's no separation between you and God because of the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. Maybe there are some of us in the room tonight who have struggled with, with cutting or with self-harm. Maybe that's an issue. And I, and I would bet that there are some of you that struggle with that. Man, that's a, a major barrier and an issue for you. And the great news for you tonight is that you no longer, you don't have to shed your blood to fix the pain. That Jesus did it for you. That Jesus hurts so that you wouldn't. That Jesus offers you forgiveness and freedom. That Jesus became like a criminal and died on the cross so that he could look at you as a child of his. And tonight, Jesus is offering you the freedom and the forgiveness of sin. Here's the main point for us tonight. The blood of Jesus brings us life and forgiveness, and it removes our sin and our guilt. 1 Peter 1, 18-20, it says this, For you know... That God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. 
And the ransom he paid was not mere blood or not mere gold or silver. It was the precious blood of Christ. The sinless, spotless lamb of God that we sang about earlier. That God chose him as your ransom long before the, before the world began. But he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Jesus has become our ransom. And it cost him everything. And what an unbelievable sacrifice that Jesus made so that you and I could have freedom and forgiveness and life. That there no longer has to be guilt. There no longer has to be shame. But we can live every single day in the freedom that God offers us. Only because of the blood that was shed. As we close tonight and as the band comes up to, uh, to lead us in one more song. There may be some of us in the room tonight who have, have never taken that step and never put their faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior. Maybe up until this moment, you've never fully understood it. Like maybe you're, you're beginning to understand it now as we just talked about it. As we think about blood brings life and it removes death. And tonight, I believe that there are some of you in the room tonight that God desperately wants to bring life and remove death from a spiritual standpoint. That as you stand tonight, because you have never come to a place in a moment in your life where you've admitted your sin and your guilt before God and you said, God, I own up to my sin. I own up to the things in my life and I stand separated from you. And in order to have forgiveness, God, blood's got to be shed. And there's nothing that I can do to fix it. I can't be good enough. I can't earn it on my own. And you've come to a moment where you just say, God, I am believing that you have died for me. God, I am admitting my need for you. And I want to receive the forgiveness that you've offered me through your blood on the cross. And tonight, for some of you, everything can change. The greatest decision that you could ever make, the decision that impacts everything else, not only in this life, but in the life to come, is about what you do with the blood that was shed for you. What you do with the forgiveness that is being offered to you. I'm gonna ask you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. And I'm gonna ask you not to talk to your neighbor or not to mess around or be on your phone or whatever. I, I just want you to take a moment for every single one of us in this room. Our eternity hinges on this. So Snapchat can wait. Your friend can wait. I just want to challenge you for just a moment. Be serious enough about this just to ask yourself this question. Have I put my faith and trust in Jesus as my savior? Have I asked Jesus to forgive me? And for his blood that was shed on the cross to cover my guilt and cover my shame and cover my sins permanently once and for all. And if you've never made that decision, if you've never had a moment in your life where you have, have asked Jesus to forgive you, then it's as simple right now in this moment of you just talking to God. And we're just going to wait just a minute and give you a couple seconds. And really all you have to do is just say, God, I admit that I'm a sinner. 
I own up to my sin. And I understand there's nothing that I can do to fix it. And I'm asking that you would forgive me. I'm asking that you would remove the sin in my life. And because of what Jesus has done for me on the cross, that you would bring life to me. If you've never made that decision and you want to tonight, just take a minute right where you are and you can just talk to God. Now I'm gonna ask with, with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around, if you say, hey, right now f- for the first time, I prayed that and I asked Jesus to forgive me and I want to receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers. And if you would just be as bold just to slip your hand up and say, hey, that's, that's me tonight. With no one looking around, say tonight, I've trusted Jesus, I've asked him for, to forgive me. awesome here's what I'm ask us to do is as this next song is played out as we worship if you raised your hand and you said hey that was me I'm not going to embarrass you I'm not going to ask you to come up front but here's what I would do we've got small group leaders that are all throughout the room and here's what I would ask you to do and please Take this step. Just go find your small group leader and say, hey, I raised my hand. I, I, I asked Jesus to forgive me. And your small group leader is just gonna spend a few minutes just, just talking to you about what that looks like, help you understand that decision that you made, why that's so significant. And even before you leave, we've got something that we wanna give to you that's gonna help you in this decision that you've just made. So let me pray for us and then we're gonna sing and worship tonight. God, we thank you for these hands that were lifted, for these students that for the first time have admitted their sin before you. God, you say without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And you did the thing that was necessary, the thing that was was important. The only thing that could have happened to bring about permanent forgiveness. You gave up your life. You shed your blood so that we didn't have to. God, I thank you for those students who have put their faith and trust in you as their savior. The greatest decision that they will ever make in their life. God, I pray that you would help them to understand what that means and how everything has changed. God, I pray in this new life and you say if we've put our faith and trust in you. God, we are a new creation. The old life is gone. The new life has come. So God, thank you that you love us enough that you gave up your life for us. God, I pray that we would not take that lightly. God, I pray that we would understand the full weight and the impact and what that means for us is that we can go from the enemies of God to the children of God. And only because of your blood that was shed for us. 
God, we thank you and we praise you. We love you in Jesus' name, amen.